world. It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we're going to talk about the Blazers' win over the Houston Rockets, bouncing back from just a rough loss in Oklahoma City. One night later, they get a nice OT win in Houston. Big games from Anthony Simons and DeAndre Ayton. Malcolm Brogdon and, and Jeremy Grant delivered late, and the Blazers get a much-needed win for the positivity. We'll recap that game, talk about the play of Anthony Simons, who had had a pretty stinky January up until now, um, and they, they needed a big one, and he got a big one. And DeAndre Ayton, who, oh yeah, him. This was an oh yeah, him game from DA, and we'll talk about him in the second segment as well. And then, I, I, I can't help but see something in the box score, and uh, Scoot Henderson's name is right next to it. We'll talk about that to close the show. But first, let's do what we do. Your fastest recap in the West. Blazers win in overtime, 137-131. Uh, Rockets led 31-30 after the first quarter. Blazers had, uh, you know, Hung, hung in there in the second quarter, down thir- as many as 13, but only trails by six at halftime. Rockets take a 63-57 lead into the break. And then a really entertaining, a really entertaining second half ensues. Uh, Blazers take a 98-96 lead into the fourth quarter, uh, and the game is tied 124-124 after after regulation. Uh, through three quarters, Amphrey Simons had 29-4-5. and on 11 of 14 shooting. 29 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists on 11 of 14 shooting. Made 11 of his first 12 shots. He was freaking great uh, in the first three quarters. Let's let's fast forward, though, to crunch time. Uh, Rockets take a lead with a minute left by 4. Blazers cut back into it, but then Alpern Shangun, after um, he, he hits with with just under a minute remaining, 57 seconds remaining. He responds to a, to a quick Malcolm Brogdon bucket with a, with a spin move inside, puts the Rockets up by four with a minute left. Amphrey Simons misses a jumper, Jalen Green misses a jumper, and the Blazers get the ball back. 13.2 seconds left. They have one timeout left, uh, and so they it's and down four. Um, you kind of want to score and then take it after you have to foul because because you're going to have to foul. Uh, and so they just push ahead, and with 13.2 seconds left, they get into the front court. Every time he almost loses the ball. He's had a couple bad turnovers late in this game, and he almost loses the ball for a third time. But he gets you know fishes the ball out of what's about to be a steal on the ground, finds Malcolm Brogdon on the, or Jeremy Grant on the right wing and then kicks it to the corner for Malcolm Brogdon, who's waiting, has to take a quick against-the-shot-clock type of three, gets it up in desperation, cash. It's a one-point game with 3.1 seconds left. The Blazers have to foul, but uh, there's they, they have a foul to give. So with 3.1 seconds left, they have to foul twice. So they foul the first time, foul the second time, and send Aaron Holiday to the line with 1.6 seconds left. He hits both free throws. It's a three-point game, 1.6 left. Chauncey Billups takes his final timeout, and they advance the ball. Um, the play is for Amphrey Simons to come to the ball in the corner. He's He's been really good in this game. Um, he's been the be- by far the Blazers' best offensive player. And the play is, is a double baseline screen for him to come off the corner, but the Rockets come out in a zone. Uh, Ime Yudoko, the Rockets coach, has him come out in a zone. Sort of classic NBA coaching. A team's going to run up an, AT- an ATO. Their ATOs are to beat man-to-man defense. You, you cook up a zone. It makes it a little tougher. So Jeremy Grant says, okay. And there was a moment where Jeremy Grant's wide open on the baseline, and you could see him kind of just like look, take a quick look around and say, okay, here's what I 
need to do. Cuts to the top of the key, fades to the fades to the far right wing. Malcolm Brogdon throws a pass over the top to him at the far right wing, and he catches it, uh, kind of gets to just free to the right of Fred Van Vliet and banks in a three at the buzzer. Cash. He didn't even celebrate. Banked in three wasn't enough to celebrate. Uh, Matisse Thibel, who was watching it from the corner, he celebrated. Jeremy Grant just was like, oh, okay, well, that went in. Blazers tied up 124-1 all at the buzzer, and they go into overtime, and they just, they just outplayed the Rockets in OT. Uh, the Rockets couldn't make shots. They had one possession when they missed two wide-open threes, and the Blazers, by virtue of two big buckets down the stretch from Brogdon and Grant, Go on to win no T-137-131. That's your fastest recap in the West. A huge bucket from JG at the buzzer. They needed it. Um, coming off that game against o- Oklahoma City, where they, they I don't know if they should have won, but they darn near, they could have, certainly could have, had the ball with a one-point lead with under 30 seconds left. You make your free throws, you get a stop, even just get a stop. Either way, like you're going to win. Obviously, they didn't. Uh, some weird refing stuff, some some uh, Chauncey Billups couple technicals, and a big bucket from Jalen Williams of, of of the OKC. Just like just a real sour taste in your mouth. You get on the plane, you just you you keep moving. Short short flight to Houston, and um, you these are like. You know, for, for teams that are really competitive, these are like statement moments. And I don't think this is a statement moment, but I think the Blazers need an exhale type of game. They need a game where said, like, we are not, you know, we're not a particularly good team. They're 13 and 31. Like, I'm not trying to fool you here, but they needed a moment where said, we played pretty well. And we've played pretty well. You know, when we've, when DeAndre Ayton's been back and we've been healthy, we've, we've been in, in games again, except for a real stinker against the Lakers. But uh, like, the, the, we've been in games. Phoenix. Uh, the, the the Pacers, uh, OKC that they could have won in now in now Houston. It's like they they just needed to to respond, have a, have a chance. You know they. I think the threes they hit in the final four seconds are relatively lucky shots, but they cash in. You get them. They're they're nailed shots from two vets, and they play really well in the OT and get a win. This is like a, they need an exhale game. They got the exhale game to kind of like it's not it's not like proof of concept or statement or anything like that. It's just like a game where it's like hey. We could have let this go the other way. This could have been at the start of an eight-game losing streak and, and you know, losing by 15 every night, 15 or 20 every night. But instead, this is like competitive. The Rockets aren't super good. They're 20. They were 20 and 22 coming in. Um, but they're like, they're one of the few teams right there in the middle in the West. They're not truly bad, not truly good. And you beat a team right there in the middle. You you play them tough. You win on the road. You take it second night of back-to-back. You take it. Blazers have been weirdly good on second night of back-to-backs. If only they played one short rest more often. Uh, your box score, Amphrey Simons, finished with 33 points, six boards, and five assists. Malcolm Brogdon, 19 and six assists, 18 points, 17 rebounds, three assists, a steal, and two blocks from DeAndre Ayton, 21 from Jeremy Grant, and a, to go with five boards and a career best nine assists, nine points, seven rebounds from Jabari Walker. Scoo Henderson had 11 points and three assists off the bench. Matisse Thibel, 13 points, started five of five in this game. His first five shots missed his final two. Uh, nine from Duop Reith and four from Tumani Kamara. On the other side, Alperen Shingun was great. He's a really good basketball player. 30, 30 points, 10 boards, eight assists. 
He was excellent. He was excellent. Uh, Jalen Green was really good, particularly early in this game. Twenty-nine. He finished with twenty-nine and three assists, eighteen and seven dimes for Fred Van Vliet. Dylan Brooks had fourteen. Uh, Jeff Green, Uncle Jeff, four and four uh, off the bench. Cam Whitmore had twelve. Aaron Holiday had twelve and played down the stretch. Jock Landell had six, and Amen Thompson had six. And Boban Marjanovic came in to guard the uh, final. Pos- he played one second. He came in to guard the uh, final possession of regulation, and Jeremy Grant hit. A three a tough plus minus for Boban when all he did was guard the inbounder at seven five uh, and Jeremy Grant hits three and you lose and you, and you just you don't get to play again there's your there's a tough plus minus for my man Boban um this was a game DeAndre Ayton needed he was great in this game he was great in this game played with force played with certainty of action um you know he was he was getting cooked a little bit by Alpern Shangun, and instead of disappearing, he went right back and had a monster game on the glass, and he played well, and he was, um, you know, and and he, this was, you know, he had he had six offensive rebounds in this game. He was active, and he was really, really solid. Amphrey Simons, he's had, like I mentioned, he had kind of a stinker January, um, and to come back and bounce back and have a game like he did, I think that was key. And let's talk about those two guys, uh, because I think they... In some ways, they're, they're like they were the keys to this game for sure. But in some ways, like them getting in the groove is the key for the Blazers moving down the stretch of the season because they're part of the long-term plan one way or another. Let's talk about that. The long-term plan, Anthony Simons and DeAndre Aiden in the second segment. But first, let me tell you about Grammarly. They want to help you write. They want to make it easier to write. And when it comes to writing, they're there to support you from start to finish. For over 10 years, they've been powered by AI technology you can trust, and they help you across all the places where you write the most. Uh, You know, Grammarly, back when I first started using it, way back when, was just the way to quickly edit your, um, you know, line edit what you were writing. Hey, you've got a typo here. Hey, this verb tense doesn't match up. Hey, this should, you know, just the the, the red squiggly line action of of, of any type of uh, composing on the internet, tweets, emails, whatever it might be. But now Grammarly can do even more. And with a click, you can easily brainstorm, rewrite, reply with suggestions based on your context and your goals, and you can improve your productivity for you and your teams. Say you got a big presentation coming up, Grammarly can create a personalized outline to get you organized so you can transform your ideas into a compelling presentation. Or if you need to draft a super important email but you don't know where to start, Grammarly has suggestions to jumpstart your writing. And the best part, it's free to use. So start being more productive at work. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free today. That's Grammarly, G-R-A. M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Check it out. Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. How it works is you pick an entry between two and six players for whatever sport you're looking for, the NHL, the NBA, the NFL, or a combination thereof. Of. And it's just you versus the stat projection set by prize picks. You go more or less than those stat projections. So for me, I play the NBA because it's what I'm most comfortable with. But maybe this weekend I'll get in a little NFL action as we close in on the final games of the NFL season. And it'll, th- it'll be things like receptions and touchdowns and yards and rush- receiving yards and rushing yards. And I'll just pick more or less than the projection set by prize picks. And then... I can win my money with safe and fast withdrawals. You're not playing against the field. You're not playing against sharks. It's just you versus those projections. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA. Get a first deposit match up to $100. They want to give you a hundred bucks. 
or match you 100 bucks rather, dollar for dollar, up to $100 on your first deposit. If you go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the promo code LockedOnNBA, that's PrizePicks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. All right. DeAndre needed a game like this. He needed a game like this. He needed a game where you felt like, oh yeah, he can be really good. Not even like where he convinces you that he actually is really good. He just needed he needed a single game where you could watch him play and say, hey, DA's got the juice sometimes. It is admittedly a pretty low bar having the juice sometimes, but DeAndre Ayton hadn't had a game like this in in a while. Um, you know, his return since injury. He's had 12 points and eight boards in a win over Andy, where he was fine, but he was 6 of 15 from the floor, and he looked a little bit rusty. Then in a, a loss to the Lakers, 6 points and 4 boards. Then in a loss to OKC, he had 5 points and 7 rebounds in 27 minutes. And he's not playing down the stretch because they go small and take him off the court. And he's not dominating his his position. He has been more frustrating and uh, than than dominating. He he has been he has been he has mostly been disappointing and not inspiring. And then tonight he comes out and just has a monster game, just a monster game. Eighteen points and seventeen boards to go with three assists, a steal, and, and two blocks. And like I said, Albert Shangun was giving him the work. Like Albert Shangun, I mean, he's 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 the Rockets' best player. He's just free. he's just really good, um, and he's and and he was doing it to him. Like he 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 really was. He he was he was he was scoring and playmaking and and doing everything. And Da said, "Great, great, I'm going to get mine too." And he was physical on the offensive glass to the tune of six offensive boards. He, you know, they're just just control. He's been pretty good on defense all year long. He's so clearly the Blazers' best center because of the impact he has on defense. Like, um, I know that he's he's frustrating. He frustrates the hell out of me to be sure. But like, I know he's frustrating. But like, if if you watch him play, and I know that all of you are able to watch him, but if you if you do watch the games, he's he's. He helps on defense a great deal. Even when he has sucky nights, he helps on defense. Um, but this was one of those nights where it's like, okay, you know what? DA's, DA has these moments. DeAndre Ayton hadn't scored more than 15 by virtue of not playing for a long time since the Blazers played uh, the Washington Wizards back on December 21st. But even then, if you include that game, he, you know, he, he, he hasn't had a game over 20 in a minute. So just to have 18 and 18 where it's like... It's been it's been over a month. Obviously, he missed eighteen games. He's only been back. There's only his fourth game back from injury. So, like the timeline, I'm I'm kind of exaggerating here. But it's just been it's been a while since Aiton has had one of these games where his touch inside is you know he's making shots inside. He's being physical. He even missed a lob Duncan late in this game where it's like oh no. Uh, but the but Malcolm Brogdon find a way to put it found a way to put it in. But like scoring inside, getting offensive rebounds, using that little right jump hook, and just like being active, playing an active and 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 impactful game. Um, DeAndre Ayton's not going anywhere. Like he's not going anywhere. They're not going to trade him at the trade deadline. Doesn't have any trade value, and he's not going to. He's going to be back in camp next year. He's going to be on the roster next year. It's a pretty safe bet that he plays out the final two years of his contract here in Portland, based on how much he gets paid. 
the the solution for DeAndre Ayton is to find ways to get more of this. And that is a real conundrum because that's what other, you know, folks have been searching for for a while. But like the, the, the first step to consistency is doing it. Tonight he did it. And so instead of, um, I, I am admittedly have been really critical of him because I'm, I'm just, he's frustrating to watch for me. But like, this was a really good night for DA. This was a really good night for DA. And it, quite frankly, this is a great night for the Blazers. 50% from the floor as, as a team, 43% from, the, from three, 92% from the free throw line. This is a 50-40-90 game as a team. Um, when you make shots, when you shoot 50% from the field and, and 43% from three, you get assists. That's that's the key. Um, like when Amphrey Simons hits four threes and Malcolm Brogdon hits four threes and uh, catch-and-shoot monster uh, Matisse Thibel, who scores all of his points assisted hits three threes like you're gonna have assists they had 31 assists on 50 field goals like they 31 assists is a huge number for a team at the bottom of the league and assists at the bottom of the league and passes um and and da you know he he was part of that magic with three assists as his own rights like making decisions out of out of the pick and roll when they trapped Anthony simons he's just he was good in this game and i think on a night like this where they played well it's one of their best performances as a team this year um you know and they've played reasonably well over the last week after now that they're getting a little more healthy celebrate it rah rah i thought da i thought da was legitimately um legitimately a bright spot so was anthony simons and he needed this one um ant had a killer december in december anthony simons averaged 28 points 5.4 assists and 3.2 rebounds shot over 40 percent from three um you know, he uh, over 40% from three on 10 attempts a game, 9.9 attempts per game, like incredible, hyper efficient, high scoring, awesome game, you know, in 10 games in December, awesome performance in 10 games in December. It was great. He's been stinky in January. No other way to put it. Every Simons has not been very good in the year 2024. Coming into this game, in uh, 10 January games. Anthony Simons, he played 10 in December. He's played now 10 in January as we head into the last week. He was averaging 17.4 points and 4.3 assists and shooting just 37.1% from the floor. 37% from from three, still like right around the league average, but his 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 path is to be more aggressive than that. His path is to be like a high-level shooter. Anthony Simons is not going to be a functional basketball player by being slightly above average three-point shooter. He needs to be high volume, high efficiency from three to be impactful. On slightly lower volume, you know, just just seven and a half attempts per game. But like, Ant needs to score to be good. Ant can't be a 17-point-per-game guy and be an impactful player. He needs to be 22, 23, 24. And December, you know, 28 on, on, and on, the shooting, on the shooting splits he had, he was awesome. He was awesome. And in January, he just hasn't been good. I, I think um, he needed this game, and he started off so well. Like I said, 29 points, four boards, five assists on 11 of 14 shooting through three quarters. Um, in the second half of this game, there were 18 lead changes. Like the Blazers crawled themselves back from down down six at halftime, down you know down 13 in the second quarter, down six at halftime. They crawl back, and the third quarter and the fourth quarter just back and forth, awesome competitive basketball game. Made shots when they needed. And I, I don't even think Ant was very. good. I think he was like actually bad at the end of this game. He was he was he was um, he had some bad moments, but like you don't get to the point where it's a, a four point game with a minute left without Amphrey Simons 
being so excellent in those first 40 minutes of this game. And he was great. Um, and he needed it. Like he, he, you know, 13 of 20 from the floor, you know, shoots, shoots efficiently four of nine from three, uh, didn't get a ton of free throws, just, just three of three, but like he, he didn't turn the ball over in three in the first three quarters. So he had 29, four and five with no turnovers, 11 to 14 shooting. Like he was killing them. He was killing them. And, and he gets going and you have to double team. And when you have to double team, it opens up so much of the floor and then you get other guys making shots. Um, and, and I thought he was just, he was, Ant needed, Ant needed a game. You know, he, he's, he was against OKC. He was like not very good. And then he had eight points in the fourth quarter. And this game, he was excellent. And the first three quarters, he was just, he was excellent right away. And it was just great to keep them in the game. And then Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Grant um, brought the Blazers home. Um, DA and Ant are part of the future. Ant's sort of like long-term big picture future is maybe murkier to be certain, uh, but like in the immediate and medium future, uh, the near and medium future, he's part of the plan. He's not going where the trade deadlines and back in the team next season. And then, then, then they won't have to, they don't have to make a decision for, for at least a little bit on what the Ant's deal is. And Ant needs to make it hard on him. That's the way Ant does this is that he's so darn good that the decision is, is like, okay, He's he's ready to be a franchise guy, and in January he hadn't looked like that. And then tonight, it's like, oh yeah, he can be great. Speaking of franchise guys, I want to see Scoot Henderson play more. This is a personal problem. <laughs> I recognize it, but I want to see him play more. And I was frustrated that he didn't play more in this game. Let, let's let's talk about the Scoot conundrum a little bit because. It's not, it makes sense unless it doesn't. Let's talk about Scoop. Join me in that, in that final segment, won't you? First, let me tell you about Hungry Root. They want to make it easy for you to eat healthy. It's the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. they got healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. Just take a short quiz. Hungry Root will get to know you and your goals and how you like to eat. Ask which flavors you like, which kitchen appliances you use, and more. And then they'll keep your needs and preferences top of mind and start building your shopping cart with delicious recipes and all your groceries you need for the week. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on those tastes that you shared with them. And then they will take suggestions so you can say, hey, why don't you add this to the card as well? And they've got fresh produce, high quality meats, seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, and more. And listen, they're going to go beyond just that basic grocery haul. They got easy recipes they're going to actually use and they're going to keep it simple. They want it to taste good. They want your food to be quick to prepare, quick to make, contain whole foods and trusted ingredients. And so you can spend less time meal planning, less time shopping, less time cooking, and more time enjoying healthy food that you actually love with Hungry Root. So right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked on NBA listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. So go to HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn. Get 40% off your first delivery and get free veggies for life. That's HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn. Don't forget to use that link so they know we sent you. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. I, Mike Richmond, this is a personal preference, would like to see my man Sterling Henderson play at the end of basketball games. Tonight, the Blazers played a 53-minute game. 
Scoop played 23 minutes and 49 seconds. Let's round up. Let's generously give him 11 extra seconds. Let's say Scoot Henderson played 24 of the 48 regulation minutes. Typically, coaches don't change the lineup in overtime. That that's that's um, that's happens across the league. They dance with who brought you. So if you if you get down the stretch with a certain five, those five are going to close. Almost no coaches make substitutions over time. They trust their crunch time group, and that crunch time group plays the final five minutes in overtime. Even when dudes are obviously exhausted, it's a classic thing coach, NBA coaches do. Um, typical. I don't think this is unique to the Blazers, and that, and they did it, and Ima Yudoka did it, and it's just life, right? Um, so I didn't expect Scoot when he got to overtime that he was going to get in the game. And Blazers probably lose with Scoot on the floor at the end of the game. They probably do. Malcolm Brogdon hit a corner three on a quick catch in the corner, have to put it up against the clock, high arc or swish, nothing but net cuts the lead to one with three seconds left. I don't know that Scoot's going to do that. He's not a very good shooter. He's not a very good catch-and-shoot shooter. Um, He probably bricks that one. Blazers probably lose with him on the court. They probably lose. But, you know, I don't, Malcolm Brogdon shooting above 50% on catch-and-shoot threes, but even that one was hard. <laughs> that one was not not made equal. Um, I get why he plays at the end of games. I'm not confused. He's better than Scoot Henderson, and his inclusion in the lineup with his... Um, Generally steady playmaking, although he did have seven turnovers against OKC, but his generally steady playmaking and his catch-and-shoot shooting ability as an off-ball threat lets Amphrey Simons be the best version of himself. That part is undeniable. Chauncey Billups is coaching to win the game, so he puts his best two guards on the court and they go win the game. Hard to argue with the results. Malcolm Brogdon hits a huge bucket down the stretch. He played great in overtime as well. And the Blazers win the basketball game in a game they really needed just to feel better about themselves and the whole program. Solid performance. Solid win. Totally defensible lineup choice. This is a me problem. But I don't like it. When Amphrey Simons had back-to-back turnovers with a minute and 20 seconds left, they gave up two straight fast-break layups and put the Rockets up four. I thought to myself, dog, Scoot could do that. <laughs> if, what, if, if what we're looking for in the final 90 seconds of this game is for a point guard to throw a kind of senseless behind-the-back pass and then a too-soft cross-court pass when he gets, uh, you know, gets caught in physical defense uh, around the painted area, Scoot can definitely do that. If that's what you need, my man Scoot can definitely make mistakes down the stretch. I get why he doesn't play, but I, I would like to I would like to note two things here. If Jeremy Grant does not bank in a three pointer, bank in it was a fun shot, it was awesome, but if he doesn't bank in a three pointer that he catches with one point six seconds left, comes off the backboard too strong, you know, glances long, rims out, whatever it may be, just doesn't make one because he shot it because he missed the rim by. 
however many feet it is when you crush one off the backboard. I don't know, a foot and a half, 40 inches. Uh, If he misses that shot, which he probably does most times that he shoots it, because it's a hard one and he made it in a hard way. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Is it worth not playing scoot in crunch time of close games because you're chasing victories if a if a sort of late game prayer doesn't go in and you don't win? If a very reasonable outcome happens, which is that either Malcolm Brogdon or Jeremy Grant miss very challenging three-pointers in the final three seconds and you lose this game, was the juice worth the squeeze to have Scoot watching? I don't know. To me, it's not. To me, I'm ordering a different type of juice. I just... Here's here's my other sort of logical argument for this, because I, I admit this is, this is mostly the Mike Richmond cry session wah, wah, wah. Um, that was me crying I, I live with a one-year-old I know all about crying um, but if Scoot is incompatible with a good version of Anthony Simons I would like to know that in 2024 I don't want to learn that in 2025 I don't want to learn that And I think this will work itself out because I think Malcolm Brogdon will play on a new team in a couple weeks and Scoot will get to play and Shaden will get to play and we'll get to see the combo of the three of them together. But right now, the coach is doing the right and reasonable thing in order to win the basketball game by playing his better veteran players. And I am left thinking, why? Why not let Scoot fail down the stretch? In a season that doesn't matter, why not give him a chance when he has been playing, I don't know, a little better recently? He's had some stinkers in there, to be sure. But, like, he wasn't awful in this game. He wasn't very good, (laughs) to be sure. He wasn't very good. Four of 12 from the floor, one of five from three. Turned the ball over a couple times, 11 points and three assists. But, like, the Blazers have the luxury of not pursuing wins in any meaningful way. This is the season to figure it out. Play Scoot next to Amphrey Simons, play him next to it when it fails, and then when it fails, keep doing it. If I had to choose, let's take away overtime, right? If I had to choose, Malcolm Brown played 36 minutes and 27 seconds in regulation. If I had to choose who plays 36 and who plays 24, just flip-flop them. Malcolm probably hates that. I believe he told in an interview that Brooke Olsendam shared on the broadcast tonight, he, Malcolm Brogdon said that he prefers to start. I bet he prefers to start. I bet he prefers to close. I bet he prefers to play more. I bet he prefers not to watch Scoot Henderson be bad. Great. I don't care about your preferences. I'm talking about mine, and I'm talking about the future of the franchise. And not that Scoot is the future of the franchise, because the future of the franchise is finding the guy. But if Scoot Henderson isn't a guy, if he isn't a guy that can play next to Amphrey Simons, why are you waiting to learn that information? Free Scoot. Let him play. Let him play. He doesn't need to play 36 minutes, but let him play 30 minutes a night. Let him play 30 minutes a night and let him close games. 
I don't even, I don't even know once in a while like what I'm arguing for. If the game gets close, Chauncey Billups is going to play his best players. He's not going to do some sort of egalitarian chore wheel where it's, hey, Scoot, it's your night, pal. You're on dish duty. <laughs> You're going to play the fourth. That's just not going to happen. It's not realistic. The way this solves itself is that Joe Cronin makes a trade and 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 saves the coach from himself. Chauncey Billups is doing the right thing in order to win. And my argument is that the right thing in order to win is not the right thing in order to win in the future. Play these dudes together, and if they suck, that is data in and of itself that you can use moving forward. If Amphrey Simons and Scoot Henderson cannot play a minute together and be good, that matters to learn now. It is more valuable to have a defined, definitive 35-game sample of them trying and failing together and to say, this does not work. Because you can play them together and they can still play their relatively normal roles. And if they can't be good playing off of one another and with one another, you cannot build with them into the future. Learn it now. Don't wait. Don't hide from it. Learn it now. Free Scoot. <laughs> That's going to do it for today's show. Speaking of Scoot, I went and watched the G League Ignite on Wednesday. Uh, saw saw his former team in action in Portland uh, on a Friday show. I want to share my thoughts from an in-person scout of Mattis Bozellis and Ron Holland, among others on the G League Ignite, plus a uh, whip around the league for the latest rumors surrounding the trade deadline and your Portland Trailblazers is what we do five days a week wherever you got podcasts and also on YouTube. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.